Hey, welcome to the Church on Boulevard Sermons Podcast, an extension of the ministry of Church on Boulevard in Richmond, Virginia. We hope that you'll find your time meaningful and that you'll live life to the fullest as we grow together. Welcome, everybody, to the Church on Boulevard Sermons and Conversations Podcast. I am Paige Daniels. And I am a part of the team here at Church on Boulevard. I'm married to Drew Daniels, who's also here with us. Hello, he everybody. He is the pastor of Church on Boulevard. We also have Derek Porter, who is a part of our teaching team. Good to see you, Paige. Yes. And then we have with us today, Cody and Megan Buchan, who have been literally a part of Church on Boulevard since before Church on Boulevard was a thing. Yep. That is true. Good to be here. Yes. Excited to be here. All right. So today we are going to be talking about... Uh, gifting, things that we're good at for the purpose of serving in the kingdom of God. Uh, But before we get into the meat of all that, kind of as an icebreaker question, I thought it'd be really helpful if we could all just share our name, just so people can orient to what we sound like, our voices, uh, and answer this question, which is, what is something that you are good at that kind of feels effortless to you, feels like no big deal, like feels like something that's not really special, but you've learned over the years that that thing is actually maybe a pain point or hard for other people. And that's been kind of surprising to you. So anybody have thoughts? I'll jump in. I am a natural encourager and I also am a natural leader. Those two things I think about a lot. Like I think about the nuances of what I like about people and how I would encourage them. And I just assumed everybody does that. But the longer I go, the more I realize Mm -hmm. that's not always easy for people. And since being married and being a pastor and talking with people that are working on things in their marriage, even encouragement, which I'm like, oh yeah, I just, I'm a natural encourager. That is, I'm realizing more and more like a gifting, like God has put on my heart to kind of think that way. Uh, by the way, this is true. Sorry, I just started talking, which is what I normally do. I normally just talk and I should have said my name first, but yeah. Well, I just want to encourage you that that is true about you and you are an excellent encourager. Thanks, Paige. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other thoughts, things that you're good at? I'll hop in next. This is Derek here. Um, I think in this season, one of the gifts that has been brought to my attention is articulating a daily plan. Mm. I've become really good at that to the point where my daughter's doing that now and it's starting to annoy us. (laughs) I don't know. People with children can probably relate that some of your rhythms or habits or things and then your child picks it up, but you discipline it in them even though you let it run wild in you. And so I'm negotiating that. I'm trying to figure that out with my toddler, but it's really important, especially as a teacher having summers off, I kind of want to know what's coming next. And so I'm able to articulate a day five steps out of like, I'm going to do this, then this, then that. And then after that, one of these paths, which can lead to this or that or this. And I think that that's a gift because a lot of people don't naturally do that. And having that structure actually gives me more space to be agile and pivot. And when things don't go my way, I actually feel much better if I have a plan versus winging it. So that's something for teachers, you know, having that lesson plan in the classroom, but being present with the kids. But I brought that into most aspects of my life at this point. Yeah, because you seem so go with the flow 
when we're like hanging out and you seem okay with plans changing and shifting. And I say that because I don't have that gifting. And so I've noticed that when we interact, but is that because you've already predetermined, like here's the frame of how I feel comfortable like moving forward. And then if things shift, you're okay with it. As long as you had a sense of like a plan ahead of time. That's a great articulation. That's what feels effortless to me. This is Cody here. Uh, that is really funny to me because I was going to say that's a pain point for me. What you shared, <laughs> but then I was actually like, but it's not actually painful. Maybe it's actually uh, something that's really effortless to me. Is I'm really good at adjusting and going with the flow, uh, and will a lot of times default to that as a way to not have to commit or make plans to anything. So that's probably the shadow side of it. But um, I would say I'm pretty good at just like rolling with whatever is right in front of me and have learned that that can actually be pretty difficult for people when mm-hmm. when things don't go according to plan that it can like really upset and disrupt things and I just I actually probably prefer it that way my toddler would agree with you <laughs> that is why I love your toddler so much <laughs> when the plan doesn't go I love it I'm in trouble I love it yes you want to go next, Megan? Thankfully, my wife appreciates that about me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is Megan. Um, so we, we were just talking about um, it's really easy for me to get out of bed and get excited about the day. And so I think mm. that's maybe one of my um, Amen. giftings. Is like I like to get um, easily excited about things. And I try and do, encourage that in my kids too, of like getting excited and motivated to like get out of the house, go meet people, have people over for dinner or like even clean up downstairs, stuff that they may not normally like. But um, yeah, just trying to get them excited about it. I feel like that comes easily for is me. Is that people driven for you or is it experience driven for you? Ooh, I think both. I, yeah, I think both. I think a lot of the experiences are with people, but I do love just like, I do love experiences too. Yeah. And I love getting out of the house and I love being outside. So that's a big part of it too. Yeah, because Paige loves experiences. I've noticed that about you too. You kind of have that. Yeah, I love that, Megan, because as a stay-at-home mom, oh my goodness, that's like a superpower. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had that gifting. That's amazing. I think for me, this is Paige again speaking, um, ideation, like creative brainstorming is... I think my favorite thing to do on the planet and I've just learned over the years that that really stresses some people out. They don't like to be in the idea space mm-hmm. for whatever reason, whether they they are so realistic that they can see all of the problems with the ideas that they just get hung up on the actual making the idea happen. Whereas like I can just live in the idea space for a long time and then withhold judgment about what can or cannot realistically happen until a later date. And I just really like thinking of ideas and trying to solve problems and like bouncing ideas off of other people. It's just really fun for me. Yeah. I think what's very rare about you though, Paige, and this is what I would say is the effortless piece for you is you are very good at all the creative stuff, but then you also have the rare pairing of a uh, high level of execution, yeah. <laughs> yes. which is, uh, I would mm. say and that's activation. like a pain, I'd say that's a pain point for me because I, I love to live in the idea space and like love to think of new projects and things and, and it, it either stays there or moves to like 
step one and two, but never gets to step like three and four. Yes. Uh, that's why I have like so many unfinished projects around my house because I get excited about it, start it, and then have like lost the momentum and the the fun, exciting part. But like your ability, um, you know, I, I've seen posts before from you of like, I redid our bedroom today and look at it. I'm like, you did that in one day? Like you thought about it and just did it and it's like done? Yeah. Like that would take me forever to get well, it done. Well, thank you for saying it in an affirming way because I get really embarrassed about how mm. I will have an idea and then like five seconds later, I'm executing on it because like people come over to our house and they're like, oh, you rearranged again. And <laughs> I get so embarrassed. But um, when it's, used for good and not evil. Uh, I think that creative ideation paired with activation can be like an awesome asset. It's just sometimes I get moving on making an idea happen before it's fully vetted. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know if I really wanted to do this. So can you share more about why you get embarrassed? Because I actually think there's more layers to it. Just being married to you. This is true. Sorry. Um, being married to you, this is actually touching on kind of a nerve if you're willing to talk about it. What, a little bit more about why it's embarrassing for you. That's a good question. I don't know if I fully know. I, I think my main fear is that I'm going to be seen as flaky. Uh, like I'll get down the rabbit hole with like a new hobby or a business idea or something. And then I'll be like, uh, okay, I'm ready to switch gears because I really love the making something new happen. And then I get bored. It's not that I have trouble following through, like I will do the thing, but then maintaining it in perpetuity is yeah. really not for my personality. So once it requires maintenance mode, then I get bored and want to move on. And I just, I don't want to be a flaky person who's un, like not faithful to my commitments. And so I think I see the seeds of that starting way back when I get an idea and just run with it. And I'm like, do I really have the commitment to see this through for the long haul? Yeah, I mean, that's fascinating to me because I mean, I feel like every gift can have sort of a, a flip side, like a shadow side weakness. And so it's just fascinating to me that sometimes we can get in seasons focused so much on the shadow side of a mm -hmm, gift mm -hmm. and we forget that there's still a gift there, but we also see some of the shadows of it. And that's part of the reason, you know, I know we're getting to this later in the conversation, but why we need each other. Yeah. Gosh, that is, a, that's a whole podcast in and of itself of like your gifting and then the shadow side of your gifting. Um, so we won't completely dive into that right now, but I do think that'd be a really cool thing to come back to and have a conversation around. That, um, that is interesting. Sorry, I'm going to continue. No, no, no. <laughs> it's interesting because then it like, because it, you know, when you think about it, like what's of course, like the shadow side of a gifting would, um, you know, the, the best thing uh, to make us unproductive as believers would be to, have us not trust or believe in or lean into yes. our natural giftings and yeah. wirings. So of course there's a shadow side and that's full of fear and imposter syndrome and insecurities and, you know, the, the fear of failing. So it just kind of gets you, at least for me, I mean, it, this is definitely for me, I would say 
I'll know what my gifting is, but then I, you know, I get like so caught up in that of like, but what if I like mess it up or whatever it is, right. that, then it just, you just end up not using it. So that yep. is a. That is so true. It's almost like you could say, what is, like, what are some of your biggest insecurities? And do those insecurities actually point you to your gifting? That's a great question. Just something to noodle on a little bit. That is a good question. Um, well, while we're all noodling on that, um, the reason we're talking about gifting is because we are in this sermon series right now at Church on Boulevard for creating a rule of life, which is basically just a guide for how we want to orient our time and the rhythms in our life to reflect our values, our calling, and how we're kind of fitting into our space in the kingdom of God. Is that a that's okay, a great way to description. say it. So, it sounds like Derek's already going to be good at this based on, based on, he's <laughs> yes. like, oh, oh I you're got right. rule of the day, rule of life, got it, next. <laughs> yes. Um, so Drew's most recent sermon at Church on Boulevard last Sunday was about our gifting, but primarily like what are what is our gifting for in the first place? Because when we're talking about things that we're good at, we kind of have to let it be under the umbrella of why do we have these gifts? What are they meant to be used for? Because misappropriating their use can lead to like a lot of difficult dynamics in our lives. So Drew, do you want to just give us a quick snapshot that umbrella over the conversation? What are our gifts for? Sure. So there are five lists, actual lists in the New Testament. There's plenty of reference to gifts. There's five lists of what New Testament writers will say are the spiritual gifts. And these hit on a broad range of categories. We focused in on Ephesians 4. There's a particular list of five um, sort of leadership traits that God gives to believers. And as we looked at that in Ephesians chapter 4, we saw that Paul is doing something in his writing there. Um, he's emphasizing that the reason that we have gifts to begin with is for building up the body of Christ. So that is a metaphor that Paul uses, the body of Christ. It's instead of being an aggregate, like a bunch of rocks thrown together on an aggregate driveway, it's just a bunch of disparate pieces that are kind of glued together we are supposed to be a congregate or a congregation. And that is an interlinking, interwoven, more like a body where a hand is different from a foot, but you want to have both. (laughs) Whereas like if it's just an aggregation of a bunch of different people coming together with all sorts of different gifts that don't interconnect, that's not what our gifts are for. Our gifts are for building each other up, for connecting one another, for drawing people in. But even more than that, uh, especially in Ephesians 4, but Honestly, I went and looked at all the different gifts lists. First uh, Corinthians twelve. There's a couple lists. There's a list in Romans twelve, um, and then I think in First Timothy. But long and short of it is, in all of those places, it's also about maturing into Christ's likeness. So, in other words, 
Gifts, by definition, are something that's given. It's received, it's not earned, it's not worked toward. So our gifts are things given to us from God. But what's really fascinating about the way Paul talks about it is he uses this metaphor of the body of Christ. And a church, a congregation, is supposed to be unique individuals that all have these different gifts that come together and interconnect so that they are stronger together than they are separately. But even more than that, it's supposed to help all of us mature into Christ-like character. If you think about it this way, it's like Jesus has all the gifts and then every person gets doled out like a small percentage of the gifts that Jesus has. And we are returning those back to God and we're growing. God has just graced us with the ability to grow as we're using our gifts together. I love that. That, I think a good place to start within this conversation is, and anybody can speak to this that has thoughts on it. Did you always know what your area of gifting was, like what you are good at? Or did it take some time to sort that out? Did you need other people to speak into you and affirm those gifts in you? What did the cultivation of that gift look like, I guess, for each of y'all? I can say something first to that. I think um, growing up in the church where my grandfather was the pastor of that church um, and there was no ecclesial oversight above my grandfather, that created almost a position of royalty within a small black missionary Baptist church Mm. where you feel special and set apart because other people are constantly praying for your family. Mm -hmm. They're celebrating your anniversaries. They're attending your things, showing up, checking on you maybe more than other people. And so as you participate in things, saying your Easter speeches, praying on the microphone, singing with other people, my uncle was also the music director who played the organ it started to feel like um, my ego came up with that. Mm. And so people were affirming my gifts, saying that the spirit is using me in this way, saying I might have the calling on my life to become a preacher or a pastor and things like this. And I think we all need that. I think we need the mother of the church, the friend, the uncle to affirm you and to say something positive, but they weren't actually then discipling me. Right. So it was like, man, you're growing in this way. And it's like, I'm just doing what this person told me to do. Yeah. Um, and that's great. So it kind of feels performative, right? You sing a song, you get the pat on the back. You pray in public, you get the pat on the back. But who's actually coming alongside of me to develop a rule of life or my character? Um, who's really showing me how to walk this thing out? And so I think now I am less receptive to the voices of others because I know what it's like to practice and I know what it's like to perform. Mm. And I think I attached my gifting at first to performance when the lights are on. And then I would go home very discouraged, depressed, empty when the lights were off. And so I started to fall in love with practice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I've really started to grow in my gift. Mm -hmm. I think the growth has happened much more in the unseen places of realizing my weaknesses, my failures, my unconfessed sins and things like that rather than letting other people, loving, well-intentioned, kind Christian people speak into that. And so I don't show this as a blueprint for other believers. I just think this is one way that I've modified or adapt or even grown perhaps a bit weird in my gifting because of my church hurt and my church experiences. Wow, I love that idea of performance versus 
practice for those of us, especially who have performative gifts like singing, teaching, uh, that kind of thing uh, on a stage. And I feel like that is exactly what we're talking about with the rule of life is how do you build a practice that helps you cultivate this and use it for the purposes it was for which it was intended versus just, you know, being up on a stage and performing for the accolades of other people. I can say some fun stuff on here too, right? It yes. just made me think of <laughs> it made me think of like one of our first official Sundays here when Drew asked me to read scripture and then immediately following me, he also had asked uh, Derek and Tiff to also read scripture to which afterwards I said, don't ever ask me to read scripture again. It is clearly not a gifting of mine to read publicly to people and it is clearly a gifting of Derek and Tiff. You so did anyways, fine, yes, there was, uh, but Derek and Tiff were very dynamic with their... They, yes, that's very kind of you, I'm Pastor an award Drew. winner for the public... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Derek has won awards for public speaking. I we found that out afterwards. After, yeah, afterwards. We so set like, oh, yeah, you up, great. man. I had no clue. I set yeah, you up. Yeah, it was, everybody was like, wow, what a difference here. <laughs> what a difference. <laughs> Cody, oh, thank you, Cody. What about... Okay, so reading aloud might not be your area of gifting self-professed. So can you answer that question of like, what, what do you feel like is an area of gifting for you? And how did you discover that that was there? Man, honestly, it's tough to answer. Like I I would still say um, most of it would be learned in hindsight, like looking back at, you know, childhood experiences kind of how I made it through school, resorting a lot on uh, humor and, you know, EQ definitely over, I wouldn't say like IQ, but like I was not a very good student. Um, But I knew that if I could get like teachers to like me, then like that's going to be a great path for school and help me succeed, which worked really well until college when professors don't really care as much about you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think a lot of my giftings, I've always struggled and still kind of do um, figure out how to like summarize them mm. or or put them into a category. Uh, it's hard to find, you know, like even task-wise, job-wise, career-wise. Um, yeah. You know, I think anybody that's ever had the... Uh, <laughs> the privilege of, of managing me has always kind of been like, <laughs> man, I like love working with you, but like, I don't know what to like do with you, you know? And that's, and, and, and I feel that, um, I think there's some of my giftings are wrapped up in that, but then also some of my like, you know, insecurities, doubts, sin, et cetera, are also tied up in it. So, um, there, there are some church wise that I, I've definitely learned to grow into them of like, um, I enjoy being with people. I think I'm good at helping people feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, I think I know how to help somebody shake off whatever like mask or wall they have in, in a setting, in a one-on-one conversation, at a dinner party, coming to church, whatever it might be. Um, but I think I've only really trusted that as like, uh, like a needed gift in the past, yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Megan could probably tell me better. Um, yeah, past couple of years. Yeah, I. It's it's so funny having this conversation because I feel like for each of us around this table, 
I could so easily be like, oh yeah, like so-and-so is amazing at this. This is an area of gifting. And it's funny how we don't, like we feel a little reticent to speak to our own gifting a lot of times. Cause we're like, I don't know. I mean, uh, but I think Cody, you're like, your ability to engage with people is like a superpower. And yeah. I feel that because talking about pain points, I'm such an introvert and I love being around people. I love deeply connecting and having deep conversation with people, but just like, walking up to someone new and engaging in conversation and having the whole, like that stuff is just takes so much energy from me, but I feel like that is where you shine and bringing people into an environment, helping them feel a part of something, not just like having a nice conversation, but feeling connected. Mm. So yeah, I just, I'm noticing that as we're having this conversation that it's really easy for us a lot of times to see what other people are good at and it's mm-hmm. hard sometimes to own that for ourselves and like we've been saying we just that's why we need to be in community with one another 100 any other thoughts before we move on about how if you knew your own gifting or if you needed somebody else to speak to it <clears throat> i can speak to that um i think i think i kind of knew a little bit of like my gifting, what I was good at, but I think it took a lot of like tactical practice to like um, figure out that I could use it for others. Mm, yeah. So like growing up, I loved like, um, I loved reading, loved learning. I loved being a student. Um, and I loved like puzzles, like crossword puzzles, jigsaw puzzles. I loved like connecting things. And then, um, but then my natural, like um, I, I, I'm never one to like want to lead something. So then um, in our recent like um, stint overseas, I was, charged with leading things, leading book studies, leading mentorship groups. And I was like forced to like connect what I was reading to like practical stuff and like didn't think I was good at that. But then looking back, I was like, oh, actually like that is kind of my gifting. And though I don't love like leading things, um, I really enjoyed like helping people connect ideas to, um, yeah, the world around them and connecting people and yeah, so. I'm so glad you brought that up, Megan, because it makes me think of this, connection between gifting and calling. And I think sometimes like our gifting is what naturally is easy for us. And a lot of times God takes our gifting and he uses that as a part of our calling, which may or may not sound exciting to us. (laughs) Like I'm a very reluctant leader. Like it's never in me to be like, I wish I was in charge of this thing. That's just not how I'm wired. But I Mm. keep over the years, like finding myself in leadership situations or sensing God, like really pushing me to step into leadership. And I always, I'm like, really? (laughs) But um, I also think that God calls us to things where like, there might be an element of gifting and then there are also going to be areas that we're weak and it's never like we're called to this thing that God wants us to do that we're just amazing at all around and mm-hmm. no problem. And that's part of the reason why I think it's so helpful to know what gifts are for because if you feel like your gifts are for you to discover yourself, if you feel like your gifts are primarily for you to grow and develop, for you to like, then you're going to feel like a failure when you can't quite tap into them or figure them out or your life is going to feel like you're dying literally if you can't express them to the way to the degree you want to 
But if you have a sense that I, my gifts anyways, like when I do get to ma- like maximize them are for the sake of building others up, mm-hmm. then you look at success differently. You measure success differently. So even when you fail or fumble up, if it brings the group together, and this is where I think vulnerability comes in. Like I was just thinking, Cody, you just shared really honestly, there's a lot of people that connect with that that part of who you are that just shares honestly, like um, even when you're in a hard season and that's, what's so beautiful. I think that's where the scripture talks about. We are strong when we are weak. Like Mm. God makes us strong in our weakness because when we're willing to be vulnerable and share, think about it. If the end goal of gifts is to build yourself up and discover yourself, you can't afford to be weak. Mm. You can't afford it. You have to cover up. You have to prove you have to do all sorts of things with your gifts. And you have and to compete with other people right. to show that you're just as gifted or more gifted as they are versus mm-hmm. using it in service of others. Which is, I think is what got me lost for the longest time. Cody, I'm with you. I'm still figuring out, I think, what I'm gifted at, but uh, which is funny because I answered you know, very confidently <laughs> at the beginning that I'm an encourager and stuff. But I mean, I've always known that I can communicate with people or that I enjoy bringing people together. I enjoy encouraging. So I've kind of associated that with gifting, but I, I do think it's been challenging. And my biggest challenge has been not thinking about what my gifts truly are for. And when I'm getting caught up in like, am I really expressing myself fully? Is, am I being the fullest me? What percentage of my job do I actually like? Um, then I get really discouraged sometimes because work can be hard. Jobs can be hard. Family life can be hard. Um, having kids, I can often feel like maybe I wasn't called to this like being, <laughs> right. being a dad thing. <laughs> and, and yet I'm in it. And so God promises that he's given us something to show up with. And that's really beautiful. That's where I think the lists in scripture are really helpful as far as what are we talking about when we're talking about gifts? Because when we toss around that term, just in a cultural sense, people are like, oh, she's so gifted. And what they mean is she's really good at this, usually like performative or creative skill. Mm -hmm. And the lists in scripture are like totally different. Like you would not not necessarily look at somebody who is amazing with people and always knows how to anticipate a need and meet a need and bring in others and be like, oh, she's so gifted. But that in a scriptural sense is exactly what we're talking about. That's right. Yeah, there's categories. There's like the facilitation and administrative type gifts. There is the like proactive type gifts. There's the more like passive, receptive, like pastoral gifts of just being a presence with people. That's also a gift. We know that somebody's gifted when we can sit with them and they can listen and we feel understood. So all of these things, you're right. And in fact, it even makes me think, well, let me just finish answering the second half of that question, which is the only way I've come to know any of this really has been, you. I, like, I look at you guys and I'm like, a lot of you have helped me identify being thrown into things that were outside of my comfort zone, like you, Megan. So starting to plant the church, I think I'm just now starting to realize some gifts because I've been so uncomfortable for so long um, planting this church and then mentors. I have a, I have a great mentor who just tells me what's up um, too. that will say, maybe you're just not so good at that and you need to find somebody else to hand the baton off to. And at first I thought that that like at that first that used to hurt my ego 
then I started feeling what it feels like when you get to like live into your gifts and you start seeing that like people love living into their gifts too. So when you can share the wealth, okay. it's actually that in and of itself is a gift <laughs> to be right. in community together, sharing the wealth. Right. So uh, you're going to say, Derek, you're not yeah. in. No, that's exactly what the body is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You wouldn't want to try to do something with your hand that your foot is supposed to do. That's right. That's why I don't play soccer. <laughs> That brings me to another good story. When <laughs> when we went to watch when we were back in the student ministry days and went to watch a soccer game at um, I don't remember what was the school that we used to live near uh, not collegiate um, the steward school oh, yeah. and it was a soccer game and at halftime we walked across the soccer field and there was a soccer ball and Drew started trying to kick it and then he was like I shouldn't do this everybody's watching me I'm like, I'm like as a soccer player yes you shouldn't do that anymore <laughs> oh you just brought back terrible memories well, we were, I, was, I was a leader of some of those players and so I was like I don't want them to see me kick a soccer ball they will not respect me anymore <laughs> it's full circle now though because our son Nash is playing soccer at the YMCA and so soccer is back in our life. It is. Um, it's there to stay. I think he loves it. He's so not great, but he loves it. I think this is a perfect segue into a, a question about our weaknesses. Uh, I was just curious, you basically just answered this question, Drew, but for others around the table, have you experienced other people around you operating in their gifting in a area where you're actually weak? And if so, how did that make you feel? Like, how did you engage with that experience of seeing someone else shine in an area where you are not shining? Oh yes, absolutely. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That happens to be a lot. Uh, I mean, to, to connect it, like probably most personally, I'd say it happens a lot in marriage. Um, and pretty recently I, I can get like my personality with the wing it factor and I don't like a plan. I don't like a strategy. Um, when I feel overwhelmed with like too many tasks and things that I have to accomplish, it just totally like paralyzes me. And then I have, you know, just no idea what to do. So I just, that's it. I'm just done. I just, you know, like throw up the white flag. Right. It's, I'm not doing any of them. Right. Like I surrender, cancel them all. Um, and M- Megan is, very good at um, bringing structure to like chaos and she's a very good teacher. Uh, You're very good like um, counselor and you're like a good tutor. So like those types of skills in a situation like that, like Mm -hmm. you're basically, I'm like, I I need to get here and it feels like a million miles away and you're just very good at like, okay, so for mile one, what's that? And I'm like, (laughs) Well, I haven't thought about that. She's like, well, that's what we need to think about first. It's like, <laughs> what is just, what's, what is step one? What is like the first thing on that list you shared that needs to be accomplished? Let's start there. And then like, what's step two? And it just, it, it kind of can bring me back to like reality a little bit. Um, so I, yeah, I, th- I think that's when we're able to experience others' giftings. One, either when we can witness it, uh, it's special, but then when you can actually be the recipient of oh. their gift. Yeah. Um, it's a very humbling thing, Mm -hmm. which I would also say I've learned only much later in life of like allowing yourself to receive other people's giftings in your life that, I mean, I, you know, am a 
am a guy. So I feel like I just struggle with that naturally anyways of allowing others to like serve me with their giftings. Yep. Yes, I resonate with all of that. I think marriage is a space where I've seen that too. Like Drew is really good with people. He's, I had never, I'm, I'm not even joking, before Drew and I became friends, I had never seen someone just walk up to another stranger it's good. and be like, hi, I'm Drew, like at a party or something. I, I literally had never witnessed that. Mm-hmm. Like, I would never do that. I just don't have a habit of like walking up to people and saying, hi, I'm Paige. So I'm very flattered right now. I was going to say, and now y'all have a child named Nash. (laughs) It's literally that. (laughs) Hi, I'm Nash Conrad. (laughs) Like just boom, what's up? Here I am. You'll go knock on somebody's car door with their window rolled up and be like, excuse me, I'd like to talk to you. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Nash inherited that superpower. Um, And I felt insecure for a long time in our relationship because I felt like I was supposed to be just as good at Oh, that's a great point. social yes. things. Talk and about it. I, Wait, I said that's a great point. I said, <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. You really, really didn't need to keep up with me on that. But I mean, like we feel that in our relationships. And honestly, the majority of our arguments for the first couple of years of our relationship were around social stuff, like going to a party and like, I felt super insecure and super shy. And he was like, why aren't you like be talking to people more? Why didn't you thank the hostess? You know, that, that kind of thing. And I think I just, I felt like I can't measure up. I don't have that gifting and I can't just manufacture it. And I don't know how to live into my own gifting, I think is really the root of those dynamics. Yeah, there's like an inherent insecurity inside of me that, I mean, just like we, we've we all kind of hinted to in some way, shape or form that we can see other people's gifts better than we can see our own. And I think that can also come out and I'm just going to use the three letter word that like no one likes to talk about in church, but sin. <laughs> Derek's looking at me like, what are you about to say? <laughs> sin causes this because it keeps us very like inward focused and pride doesn't always come out as like self-confidence. Sometimes it comes out as Mm self-loathing and that can be very prideful. It's very self-focused. But what you are talking about Paige that I think is really interesting is another issue can be sometimes we, because gifts come natural to us, we just assume what I, what's easy for me is easy for everybody. And a lot of times where I want to be gifted is in areas that are really challenging for me. And, um, I'm, it's frustrating that I'm not gifted there. So we can make the assumption that other people, when something comes easy to us, that it just comes easy to everybody. And that can cause a lot of conflict in relationships rather than pausing in recognizing first, maybe this is a gift of mine and I should like own that. But also maybe that person doesn't have that gift. Um, And I should try to pause more and see what they are good at and encourage them there rather than get down on them because they aren't just like me. Yeah. And I think when there are things that we notice in other people that we recognize we are not good at, um, rather than I've learned rather than jumping right to frustration about myself or jealousy of like that person's gifting, mm-hmm. um, trying to embrace that 
we all, like, this is why we need each other, especially in marriage. It's like, thank God that I have a husband who has brought so many new relationships into my life because he's super social and loves meeting new people um, because that's made my life better. So, but also you can tap out. You're like, I don't love being at that party anyways. So <laughs> yeah, you <go."> exactly. <laughs> I can pawn off all the social engagements that I don't want to go to on him. And it's amazing. So, um, but if, if our gifts are to build one another up, then like to your point, Cody, of just receiving the gift of being built up by someone else's gifts, um, rather than feeling like we're supposed to also be gifted in that area when God's given us other things. Um, we have probably time for one more question and I would love to just jump to the last question on my list, which is really connecting this conversation about gifting to rule of life, because that is the series that we're in and we're kind of working, we're thinking about these different areas of our lives, relationships, gifting, et cetera, self-assessing in those categories, because we're eventually as a community going to be creating a rule of life, which is like this intentional rhythm to your life that helps you live into what God's called you to. So for you guys, do you have thoughts on how you have created life rhythms that help you cultivate your gifting and or help you protect the space to actually use your gifting to build others up? Well, I'll say that what I'm learning more and more, and again, this comes from mentors that have modeled this for me, is that every gift comes from the source of Jesus Christ. And there is no better way, if you don't know where to start with your gift or you don't know what your gift is, than to go to the gospel and drench yourself in it, press it deep into your heart. And I have tried to to just be better at the practice of whenever I think about it, whenever I feel like I'm at a deficit to pause and be like, what is this part of me that either wants to run and hide or wants to kind of buck up and prove themselves? And what is a gospel in like, what's a gospel response to that? And so it has become a rhythm for me in the mornings to do that. And then to try to do that uh, right before I go to bed. Now, what I found is because I do it right before bed, I've now been triggered. Like, you know, we have young kids, so we take naps sometimes or try to take naps. And when I lay in the bed now, I will find that like the synapses fire in my brain and it's like, oh, I'm laying in bed. I should think about like how, like Jesus and the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so I have found that there have been multiple times in the day where I'll get triggered to have that thought. But that's been one rhythm that I've tried to pull into my life. And I'm hoping that by the time we complete our rule of life this summer, that I have an even more robust plan of attack for how I bring the gospel intentionally into my life. Because if I start there, then I, I was about to say I feel, but it's not just like a feeling. There's this there's a sense of power and resourcing mm-hmm. that, that I get, I feel a lot of joy is the best way I know to explain it. And then naturally I find my gifts come out a little bit more. Yeah, I think because I primarily am gifted in the spaces of creativity in various different ways, I have to protect a lot of margin. Like I have to create a rhythm of life that has a lot of open space in it, which can feel to me in our super efficient society, like wasteful. 
of I should be a higher capacity person. I should be able to do more and take on more, but I need space for ideas and thoughts and observations about the world. Like that stuff doesn't just come when you have every moment filled and you're rushing, rushing, rushing from thing to thing to thing. Like I have to create downtime where like there's nothing and that's when I tend to operate best in my gifting. And then when I can, that's when I have the capacity to use it directed towards other people because relationships do take more energy for me as an introvert. Like they're deeply important to me and I need a lot of depth in my relationships. And so that takes a lot of energy and time and I have to protect the space for that um, and literally schedule in like days where nothing is on the calendar so that I can just lean into that creative space or lean into that relational space. I think that's really good. I'm reminded of several threads and I probably won't talk about many of them here, but some of them would be like thinking about our gifts and the cultivation of those gifts, which I would call character. Character is making choices to invest in those gifts, usually with some delayed gratification Mm. for some type of long-term vision or in some genuine altruistic service to others, right? Not just trying to... um, convince or to boost ourselves up, but really to be a blessing. And so you can think about any sport. We can take soccer, okay? We don't know who the greatest soccer player is of all time because the person with the most natural talent probably didn't have character. Mm. So they didn't invest in themselves. And so it's that whole thing that the the scrappy person who was in the gym every day, the privileged person who had more access to opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, th- these are the people that we might see who end up getting the endorsement, who end up getting the poster, who end up getting the podcast, who end up getting mm. the followers on social media. And so, so many of the most talented or the most naturally gifted by God go unseen. Mm-hmm. And that's not a moral judgment on them. I'm just really emphasizing the role of discipline, mm-hmm. habits, rule of life, and character. I think that it's imperative and it's really significant because we're in a room that's gifted, but then what is our character like? I think that's definitely one thing to consider. And that's why I'm really excited to dive into the rule of life because like Paige says, she's protecting her gift Mm. in a way that is countercultural because she needs space and margin to do that. And for my particular gift, I know that hypocrisy or double-mindedness or fork-tonguedness or two-facedness would be really big Mm -hmm. because I'm tempted to perform, but I need to make sure that I'm practicing by preaching the gospel to myself, Mm -hmm. not just proclaiming it to others, praying for myself, not just praying over to others, worshiping with myself toward God, Mm -hmm. not just worshiping when I'm in public spaces with Mm -hmm. others. And I think that that's really important. And so I love that someone like Megan would have a more complex gift, like puzzling and loving to deal with things that are gnarly and being an infectious, Mm -hmm. optimistic personality. I think when we think about that, then it's like, how do we then get the gospel in there. Mm -hmm. Because I think the worst problem facing people is what Drew said about sin. Sin is a horribly gnarly problem that manifests itself very differently. And every single person is doing what is right in their own eyes and they're all going astray. And so if someone loves puzzles, enter the human heart. 
Go mm-hmm. ahead. You have yeah. the gospel, yeah. you know? Yeah. And they are doing that. I've seen yeah. Cody and Megan as close friends of mine do that. Welcome people in, and not in a single sitting. Mm-hmm. These are patient people who love the 20,000 piece puzzle of your mm-hmm. life. Yeah. And they'll do a couple pieces with you over a couple hours mm-hmm. and a couple pieces with you when you come next month. Mm-hmm. And they're able to pick that puzzle up where you left off. And so I think there's a myriad of different gifts, but I think how we hold those and make space for those mm-hmm. is really key. Well, that's what it is, the foundation of the gospel. And we can talk, maybe we just do a whole episode on how to practically engage the gospel because that almost feels mysterious, what you just said, but I think we could break down into very practical steps. But that said, just pausing there, Derek, what you're highlighting is that character and competency are not the same thing. And your gifts are not synonymous with your character. And you are usually going to notice your gifts and talents before you notice the character. God gives us the gifts and talents in Ephesians 4.14. He says, so that you are no longer infants, but so that you grow up. The gifts are given so that you mature. And that's really, really important important to remember because so many problems in our social fabric have been by seeing someone's giftedness and assuming they have the character and they Mm -hmm. either get elevated or platformed too soon. They get celebrated too soon without anybody coming alongside to help them develop the character to sustain that competency for the long haul. And so it can be just as much of a curse to be really gifted as it can be to not necessarily notice your gifts just yet because people can assume that you have the character to support it. Mm, so, so good. That's huge. Megan, I know do I'm you want to have the last word on this conversation? Oh, what, what thoughts do you have about this idea of rule of life and how that kind of intersects? Um, no, gosh, this is all so good. Um, I think in our... Um, family rhythm and personal rule of life. It's just the, the like absolute necessity, uh, speaking to what both Drew and Derek said about having time steeped in the gospel and scripture mm-hmm. is like so, so important. And to, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, personally, I try and make time for that um, in the morning as well. But I think, I think where we are in our family life with three young kids and um, trying to be present with people and just how do we, yeah, be a peaceful presence for anyone who comes into our home to the neighbors, um, to our yeah colleagues friends that we interact with and I think um, inviting people into our homes is a is a weekly rhythm for us but if we're not um, rooted and have the perspective of the gospel it, it can really turn into a self gratifying or like even stressful thing so um, yeah mm. do you have a that. practice you said in scripture and prayer mornings do you have any other practices or rhythms that just help you feel like you're connecting with the gospel? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to encourage Megan here too, because I'm like, I'm so grateful that this is her gifting because it'd be one of my desires that doesn't have a framework. Therefore it doesn't really happen (laughs) as much, but like, I mean, I, I truly think it's been every single day of their lives, Megan, like faithfully I'm there for a large majority of them, but Megan is there for all of them. Like faithfully, like praise with our kids mm-hmm. every single night before bedtime. Like it's just part of the bedtime routine. Like it just, it happens every single night. And now <laughs> Quinn and Keller both pray, which is um, a lot of times pretty hilarious. But like there's sometimes, <laughs> I mean like Quinn, Quinn, Quinn last night was like, she was thanking God for her teddy bear and she left it at home and she really missed it. Mm-hmm. But thank you. Like, like they're starting to actually like really listen to what, 
Um, I mean, mainly Megan, but then, you know, myself sometimes as well, like praying and like, what's it look like to pray for other people and to have, um, you know, a posture of like gratitude and reflecting on the day and, Mm -hmm. um, that, that just always, yeah, it's, it's, it's been very, very, uh, impressive and appreciated. Mm. That's so Thank inspiring. You. I love hearing that. <laughs> um, just uh, one thought to add to your question, Drew, I, I um, have started journaling again and that's been really helpful in just like reflecting mm. on the past day of like, kind of like a reading scripture of the gospel and then seeing like how like the Lord provided or how I saw the wow. gospel on the day before has been a really like um, meaningful practice, which I go through seasons of journaling. journaling. Reading your journal has been very helpful for me too. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. kidding. No, Megan is, yeah. um, Gosh, I'm so grateful for her rhythms and rules because I can just try to copy Megan. And if I do that, like even 50% of the time, I'm such a just, I don't know, better follower of the Lord for sure. The beauty of marriage. It is true. There is something about uh, learning from one another, but also, uh, Cody, you're talking about like rhythms, they work. Like there's a reason mm-hmm. why this was done by monks th- like hundreds Good. of years ago and it keeps happening. Like there's a reason why, like if you know the term liturgy in a church or rhythms in a church, even life it, in general, rhythms work. It's why even you listening, whether or not you consider yourself a churchgoer or not, you probably wake up in the morning and brew your coffee and have some sort of rhythm because it structures our life and it really, really helps us. And so, like you said, you feel better when you're entering into those rhythms and practices, even if you can't nail it a hundred percent of the time, it helps like you hone your life. Well, this conversation has been so rich. There's so many, like, I feel like we could have a whole another hour worth of conversation to just follow all these loose threads. But thank you all for engaging this with us. This is really just the starting point of thinking about this aspect of our lives. And then as we move through the summer, we're gonna look at what it means to really build a rule of life, to be more intentional in these spaces. So definitely keep joining us. Drew, you want to cap us off with a few thoughts? I just wanted to make sure that people know, as always uh, in the show notes, we've got links to resources to help you with the rule of life, an assessment for figuring out some of your spiritual gifts and um, other resources with scriptures and different things that we've referenced in this uh, time together. So I just wanted people to know that. Thanks everybody. See you next week. See y'all later. Thanks for tuning in to the Church on Boulevard Sermons podcast. You can find out more about Church on Boulevard by going to www.churchonblvd.com.